0: This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel. All new subscribers get access to our bonus content. They get their own haiku written for them, read on the air. We're going to read some poetry later on in today's show. And they get a free month subscription to means TV So sign up patreon.com slash district sentinel to uh to quote the trillbillies it's debate night in America and uh I gotta say Sam I am I'm looking forward to it tonight it's the uh it's the only consolation of uh, Bernie being denied the nomination as we get to see these two dumb fucks debate tonight <laughs> And uh, I know there's a lot of um, sort of contrarian attitudes going on on Twitter right now that, you know what, actually, this debate's going to suck. It's going to be boring. Trump doesn't have it anymore. Joe Biden's sleepy. This is just going to be a snooze fest. And I don't know. I see uh, the Trump campaign is already uh, accusing Joe Biden of wearing an earpiece tonight. Uh, going off about Joe Biden refusing to take a drug test. So I'm thinking this might live up to expectations. Meanwhile,
1: the uh, Biden campaign has a novel approach. It has unrolled, hours before the debate, it has unrolled a new Twitter account, at oh. Truth.
0: Oh.
2: oh. <laughs>
1: It is the Washington Post uh, reports it as quote uh, real time and forceful fact checking Hmm. of Donald Trump's smears. Or sorry, that's that was excuse me. That wasn't how the Washington Post uh, reported it. That was by someone on the Biden team sharing uh, news about it Hmm. from the Washington Post, but at Truth. This is (laughs) is their big lesson. I You know, here I was thinking that, and and I think he, you know, he probably will still uh, be punchy, but here I was thinking that Biden was uh, spending the whole time working on his, come on, mans, and, you know, his one-liners and just calling, working on different ways to call Trump a bitch, uh, basically. (laughs) And here he is coming with at truth uh i don't know maybe maybe he's not ready for tonight but i mean given uh you know trump is the perfect opponent for biden mentally you know they 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 have similar uh intellectual depths as it were so i i thought he was going to be aggressive and uh, i'm just not so sure literally just now reading about at truth
0: <laughs> well i mean not to not to defend Joe Biden here. I'm never wanting to find myself in a position to do that. Um, but I did see that the the campaign said that uh Biden's strategy during the debate tonight is to not fact check Trump. Um so I guess that's why they're rolling out this Twitter account mm. to do it instead. Okay. Uh to um to uh cordon off the fact checking from the candidate on stage and just leave it exclusively uh to twitter um trump also or excuse me biden also saying that biden team saying that the candidate plans to continue hitting the um the main street versus or scranton versus park avenue uh line of attack which is is actually good um, though you're going to have a lot of freaking out on MSNBC afterward, <laughs> uh, from, uh, from Stephanie roll and the, in the rest of them. Um, also, I guess Biden is releasing his tax returns from 2019, uh, today before the debate, I guess a signal that, uh, the campaign plans to hit Trump on that New York times story that came out over the weekend on how Trump is only paid. $750 in taxes over the last, like, decade. Um, far less well, than you and I have paid, <clears throat> for sure. Well,
1: the 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 logic of the uh, truth account, um, it, it seems more sound now that uh, you mention it, that uh, it, it will enable Biden to not have to fact-check Trump on stage. But as far as the tax story goes, I mean we remember when, uh, when it was brought up at the debate in 2016 and Trump said not paying taxes makes me smart. So I'm not sure
0: that tax punch is gonna land, but uh, whatever, I guess we will see. Yeah, yeah, I, the, the Trump, Trump just has a lot of mixed messaging on this because when the New York Times story came out, I was expecting him to come out and be like, yeah, I'm good at this you know that's what I'm supposed to do is not pay taxes if I don't have to pay taxes but instead he like denied it and called it fake news and said he's paid millions of dollars in taxes so uh there's a lot of flailing going on and on both sides really uh I don't know what to expect from this debate at all I think that the Trump campaign is somewhat desperate right now, even though they do have that card that they can play on election night of just not counting the votes and getting the 6-3 Supreme Court to uh, void the election. But uh, I have a feeling that they're just going to throw everything they can at, at Joe Biden. You're seeing that already with uh, with the uh, tons of targeted ads on Facebook right now, alleging that Joe Biden's going to be wearing an earpiece tonight. <laughs> the earpiece <laughs> thing. They were, the Trump campaign
1: also uh, uh, insisted that they don't have a break after 30 minutes because they think that would, it would hurt Biden. And
0: they're probably right. If um, I was the Biden campaign, I would be a little worried tonight because based on Biden's previous performances in which uh, he starts mumbling incoherently and um, messes up saying just basic things. During the Democratic debates, all the Democrats on stage were, weren't were really willing to touch that, except that one time that um, that Castro and, and Booker kind of played with it for a little bit. But they didn't directly address it, and they kind of got hammered in the media afterward by MSNBC for even uh, attempting to bring up Joe Biden's uh, mental condition or acuity. acuity. Um, but Trump will not, will not... Uh, uh, shy away from bringing that up. And the second that Joe Biden starts to stumble, um, I could very much see a, a Chris Christie, Marco Rubio moment where Trump just starts making fun of him on stage. And that'll be all anybody remembers from the debate. And that would be just uh, catastrophic to the Biden campaign. Yeah. I mean, it, when Biden was
1: one-on-one with Bernie, um, he seemed a little more with it. And that's not to say he had a great performance. Uh, he basically lied his way through that one. And if he can do the same or just ignore whatever is being said and stick to his messaging, uh, he'll probably be okay. And I do think that Scranton versus Park Avenue is a good line to stick to for him. And fortunately for Joe Biden, uh, and unfortunately for Trump, Uh, The the electorate probably won't remember the many, many years that uh, Joe Biden and Barack Obama spent trying to get free trade agreements passed, which led to the rise of Trump's popularity in 2016 to begin with. So, well, fortunately for Biden, yeah, short memory there.
0: Well, we uh, will find out and uh, probably discuss a little bit of it on uh, Means Morning News on Thursday. Here's what else is happening beyond the debate. It's Tuesday, September 29th, 2020. Here's the news.
1: A second COVID stimulus bill may get passed this year after all. Today, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi expressed optimism about the chances of another stimulus passing Congress. This comes about two months after the breakdown of talks over a second bill with the expiration of pandemic unemployment assistance in late July. On Thursday, another provision of the March stimulus bill is set to expire, rules stopping mass layoffs at bailed-out companies. The airline industry in particular is anticipating widespread job losses as a result. Renewed talks in Washington come the day after Democrats released a toned-down version of their second stimulus bill, the so-called HEROES Act, which passed the House in May. The legislation authorized some $3.4 trillion in spending. The bill released yesterday cuts that number to $2.2 trillion, according to the Washington Post. It still includes an extension of unemployment benefits, $500 billion in aid to state and local governments, $1,200 Trump bucks checks, and more small business bailout money, and more assistance for the airline industry. Despite the optimism from both Meadows and Pelosi, the Post noted that Republicans seem unwilling to consider more than $1.5 trillion in additional spending.
0: U.S. House held a hearing on Tuesday examining white supremacist infiltration of law enforcement, which makes it sound like racists are secretly lowered into police precincts a la Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible instead of just actively being recruited and welcomed in law enforcement ranks. The proceedings took place in a House Oversight Subcommittee. We begin with Republican James Comer setting up a tee for Pima County, Arizona Sheriff Mark Napier to complain that the real threat is the existence of this hearing. What
2: are the current challenges you face with respect to hiring the right people and a diversity in hiring?
3: Well, I would say to some degree, uh, this very hearing um, does not help that. Um, When you allege that there is systemic infiltration of white supremacists and people with uh, racially biased ideology within the profession, it's not welcoming to people of color.
0: So racist cops aren't the problem. Looking into racist cops is the problem. Got it. Sheriff Napier went on to give this incoherent answer about how cops actually need more money right now so they can engage in non-policing activities. This is a really stunning soundbite because it reflects just how ignorant cops are to the demands of activists in the streets who are trying to reduce the number of police encounters in communities, particularly when it involves people who are ill. Somehow, Sheriff Napier has the exact opposite impression.
3: We're not asking law enforcement to do less. When I became a police officer in 1981, law enforcement was arguably pretty uh, simple by comparison to what it is in 2020. We're asking law enforcement officers to be mental health professionals, um, substance abuse counselors. We're asking more and more. So the idea that you would remove funding at the very time we're asking more of law enforcement than we ever have is nonsensical. Um, should we have a great community dialogue about the redefinition and redefining of what law enforcement does and what services it provides the community and the manner in which those services are provided? That's a sensible uh, dialogue, but I think that results in uh, greater funding to law enforcement, not less.
0: What? These, these guys just don't get it. Of course, later in the hearing, these talking points were absolutely demolished. Here was Rep. Rashida Tlaib noting how one officer in Napier's jurisdiction was found repeatedly abusing black citizens and yet not punished.
2: But I want to take a close look at something that happened within your district. Uh, Last November, one of your officers was caught on camera tackling a black teen in foster care who lives without arms or legs, Sheriff. okay? he was tackled by an officer under your leadership. He was also seen abusing another black teen who was merely filming the incident. That officer was not charged. So I'm wondering if that is the case of why you haven't been able to diversify your work for your 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 team, or you know some of the concerns there. So I I truly believe, you know, curious on your end, what kind of treatment did that officer get? Did, was he held accountable?
3: Well, of course. Um, we presented that as we should. We put the officer on immediate leave and presented that matter to the county attorney's office, who made the decision to decline criminal charges. That was not. So a So he de- was
2: never charged, correct?
3: That was a basis. Do you on- think
2: that is also leading to people not wanting to work for a police force that is, uh, you know, constantly involved in criminal activity and assault of innocent civilians?
3: Well, it was deemed not to be criminal activity, ma'am.
0: Yeah, that's the point. Tlaib accurately pointing out. How cops repeatedly beating black kids in the streets and not facing consequences is probably the real reason why minorities don't want to join the police force, not the existence of hearings like this. That point was further hammered on by Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez during her questioning, which revealed that cops not being punished, particularly for acts of racism, is the norm. Here's AOC questioning Heather Taylor, the president of the St. Louis Ethical Society of Police.
2: Sergeant Taylor, in your decades long career in law enforcement, how often would you see officers who harbored and acted on white supremacist views actually held responsible for their actions? Very rarely. Very rarely we have um, an officer that, uh, with COVID-19, who made a statement about Chinese Americans and um, COVID being spread in in San Francisco, reported him, had a citizen report him decades before he had been disciplined for 30 days for using the N-word, and he's still on the street patrolling, so very rarely.
0: Ahead of the hearing, the chairman of the subcommittee, Democrat Jamie Raskin, released a 2006 FBI threat assessment on white supremacist infiltration of cops, a redacted version of the document that had previously been released. The unredacted version, though, contained several disturbing findings, including, quote, Having personnel within law enforcement agencies has historically been and will continue to be a desired asset for white supremacist groups seeking to anticipate law enforcement interest and actions against them, end quote. Also this, quote, self-initiated efforts by individuals, particularly among those already within law enforcement ranks, to volunteer their professional resources to white supremacist causes with which they sympathize, end quote. Worth noting that other than Representative Comer and the ranking chair of the committee, Representative Chip Roy, no other Republicans bothered to show up to the hearing, just those two. Also, representatives from the FBI declined to participate in the hearing as well.
1: That's a healthy, always a sign of a healthy democracy. Good thing Democrats on the committee aren't uh, shy of using their subpoena power to compel the production of documents related to this. Uh, just kidding, of course they they'll never do that. The country's fourth largest bank is once again making headlines for being utterly indifferent to oversight. Citigroup was fined Monday by the Commodity Futures Trading Commission for deleting audio files that had been subpoenaed by the agency. As part of an investigation into four city traders. Lord knows how many years a normal person would get for destroying evidence. City was fined $4.5 million, two hundredths of a percent of their annual profit in 2019, which was $19.4 billion. In December 2017, the CFTC first asked for the recordings, which are preserved by law. The bank told the agency in February 2018 that the files would be maintained, but by the time Citi tried actually producing them in November that year, they were gone. The problem was that Citigroup had a record preservation system that automatically deleted audio files that were two years old. In 2014, the bank was warned about this by an employee who described the automatic deletion as, quote, a ticking time bomb effect. Two weeks ago, it was reported that Citi was in negotiations with regulators over another oversight screw-up. Bank accidentally sent 900 million dollars of its own money to the, cred- to the creditor of Revlon, one of the bank's corporate clients. Citigroup oversees 1.6 trillion dollars in assets. In related news, the Justice Department announced today that JP. Morgan has settled allegations of criminal fraud. Traders for the bank in New York, Singapore, and London. Were accused of manipulating markets for U.S. treasuries and futures contracts for various precious metals—gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. Mm, palladium. Federal federal officials said that between 2008 and 2016, these traders were engaging in a spoofing scheme—the executing of orders that are then canceled to cause short-term price movements that benefit the traders' other market positions. Two former J.P. Morgan traders have already pleaded guilty to crimes related to the scheme, according to the Justice Department. Three others have been indicted. The bank itself entered into a deferred prosecution agreement with the DOJ, the CFTC, and the SEC, agreeing to pay $920 million in penalties. 2.5% of its 2019 profit. Just the cost of doing business.
0: Finally, last week, Acting Department of Homeland Security Chief Chad Wolf categorically denied the validity of a whistleblower complaint, alleging that the department forced the suppression of intelligence reports on white supremacist threats and manufactured intelligence on threats from across the southern border. The charges were made by the former chief of DHS's Office of Intelligence and Analysis, Brian Murphy, who was removed from his post back in August. Wolf called those allegations totally false and a fabrication. However, there's reason to doubt that, based on the department's recent actions against Murphy. Murphy's attorney, Mark Zed, has come forward accusing DHS of smearing his own name and blocking his access to secret documents integral to Murphy's defense. Feds are citing an instance from 1999 when Zed was rebuked by a judge over his handling of classified information. However, that issue had been adjudicated several times since, allowing Zed to keep his clearance and continue to work in the field. Only now is it being brought up again by Wolf's DHS in order to block Zed's access to documents related to his client's case. In a statement, Zed said, quote, rather than timely process my clearance, DHS has now embarked upon an effort to publicly smear my good name with antiquated information, end quote. Definitely the actions of a department not at all worried about a so-called fabricated whistleblower complaint. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Rep. Adam Schiff has also weighed in on the matter, accusing DHS of trying to impede his committee's ability to determine the validity of the serious allegations made by Murphy in his whistleblower complaint, Interesting to see Adam Schiff still trying to hold Trump administration officials accountable. I, uh, I had predicted that the dude might go totally blackpilled following the impeachment failure, but uh, still at it. They should obviously
1: impeach him anyway because, you know, to, to run out the clock in the Senate over the, uh, the Supreme Court shit. Yeah. I mean, he, de- he deserves it. No way are Senate Republicans going to convict him, but there's still great utility to impeaching and not just uh, making an example of this scumbag either. But yeah. hey, what do, what do I know? I'm I mean, not, there's, I'm not... the,
0: there's no shortage of Trump administration officials who could be credibly impeached just to give the Senate work to do, whether it's the Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, who uh, is just in corruption all the way up to his ears. Uh, or whether it is uh, William Barr, the attorney general, or just Trump himself again. Um, Lots of arrows in that quiver that Nancy Pelosi refuses to use. All right, that music means the newscast is over, and we now turn to the poetry portion of the show, where we read haiku for all the new subscribers over at Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel.
1: This is for Michael. Only 12 months left of quarantine. If lucky, more video games.
0: Mm, thank you, Michael. Can only hope. I guess. I mean, we don't want to hope for 12 more months of quarantine. <laughs> but if there are, you know, we got that PS5 coming out soon.
1: Yeah, I think.
0: I, I
1: don't know. I I wasn't gonna get a new console, but I've been thinking, man. If <laughs> I've been you're thinking. Looking at
0: another year indoors yeah I mean I'm sure I'm sure the wife would appreciate it too she can only take you for so much you know <laughs> all right this goes out to uh, Andrew the debate ends tied both candidates lose after pooping their pants <laughs> hold on I did that wrong pooping in their pants <laughs> thank you Andrew I did to get the syllables correct there at the end. yeah that's right
1: Uh, It's got to be an official haiku. Finally, this is for Traveler's Depot. October is near. Please go away, mosquitoes. Go the fuck away.
0: Thank you, Traveler's Depot, and welcome back to the uh, subscribers list. Good to have you. Thanks to all the new subscribers. Again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. I see the listener rant line is blinking, which can only mean one thing. It's time for an update on the awful pundit tournament.
4: Hey, Sentinel gang. It is uh, White Sox Lex. I am calling in with an update on everyone's favorite sports entertainment enterprise, the awful pundit tournament. Right now, we are doing the 2020 Putrid Pundit Invitational for the uh, Podcast Championship, which is like the TV title, um, or or the NIT, however you want to look at this. And we are in the Sweet 16 now, going into October. Um, Each one of these games is going to go two weeks. We're going to have two halves. Right now, we are doing the southern half, then we'll do the northern half of the bracket. Um, once its other half wraps up, for the Nate Sweet 16 in the Putrid Pundit Invitational, we are looking at, um, right now, Sadie Doyle versus Joe Starborough, Michelle Goldberg versus Tim Poole, Charlotte Clymer versus Benny Johnson, Dinesh D'Souza versus Claire Lemon, Dan Bongaino versus Kurt Eichenwald, Michael Tracy versus Rick Wilson, Matt Schlaff versus Amy Siskind, and Chuck Todd versus Joan Walsh. So whoever wins this one, wins that championship, uh, your guess is as good as mine. And this is going to be a fun way to uh finish up 2020 and go into 2021. Uh Looking, you know, eyes on the prize for that world heavyweight title. Um, I think Barry Weiss is going to maybe finally make it out of the Sweet 16 in the uh, Awful Pundit Tournament. She gets eliminated in the Sweet 16 every year, and uh, we we wish her a um, memorable Yom Kippur, and um, hope everyone goes over to Awful Pundits. Subscribe and vote. Get your Big Dave baseball card if you want to contribute at that level, but it is only $1 a month if you just want to vote. Uh again, please check out Awful Pundits and thank you, uh, Sentinel Gang. Let me know who you think's gonna win this thing, the uh, 2020 Future Pundit Invitational.
0: Wow, it's um it's hard to predict. I mean, I see a lot of a lot of uh pundits getting hot at the right moment, like Tim Poole. Uh Michael Tracy's cooled off a bit. I haven't seen much uh much Michael Tracy takes lately on the old uh timeline. Um would like to see uh, Amy Siskin make a run for it as someone who tried to have you fired from the Sentinel, Sam Knight. Chuck Todd, always a competitor out there, always full of uh, shit takes. I really don't know, though. I don't know who's going to win this whole thing. I think look out for Barry
1: Weiss over her meltdown, over her uh, quitting, and then claiming she got fired over pretending to be an oppressed individual when really everyone just calls her a dumbass and uh, says she doesn't know what she's talking about. And uh, to be clear, I wish Barry Weiss no Happy New Year greetings. And if anything, yesterday I atoned for not being mean enough to to Barry Weiss. So uh, I just wanted to say all that for the record.
0: There we go. It's going to be a year full of uh ripping up Barry Weiss. Uh was it fifty fifty seven eighty one? 5781? Is that what year we're in? Uh yeah. I think so. It's going to be a good year. <laughs> also uh be be on the lookout for Dan Bongino or as uh, Slater calls him Dan Bongino. <laughs> <laughs> that dude just full of shit takes. All right.
1: Uh, Tim Pool is a good one though. he he, he seems to be like stroking himself to to right wing death squads every or the idea of right wing death squads every every five minutes and you know he he like you said he's he's in he's in form
0: yeah well subscribe to the awful pundit tournament uh, we here at the sentinel have subscribed to it Slater puts in the work excuse me Lex is putting in the work uh, right now and there's lots of uh, action to get involved with over there that is the show we got to get ready to watch uh watch the debate later tonight um tomorrow we've got uh, in lieu of a chip chat we've got an interview with uh, riley from the trash future pod uh, so stay tuned for that and then we're back with means morning news on thursday and then the garbage can show on friday we're here in dc so you don't have to be